0: All right, welcome to a bonus episode of Bird Road following last night. Bonus episode of Bird Road following last night's uh, special election in Alabama, where um, uh, he, he, like barely human being Roy Moore went down, lost, got ass fucked um, it, by Doug Jones. That was the guy whose name you couldn't remember last week, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You no. better learn it now because he's a yeah. He's a big deal now. He's a big deal for a, <laughs> a solid two 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 and a half years before he loses in 2020, which yeah. for sure he's going to absolutely lose, which is some of that, like, um, the bad... What do you win by, like, 20,000 votes or something? There's a rumor that he's going to run for president in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hero of the people. <laughs> I believe in long, reaching... As across There's no the aisle. child rapists uh, run against him he's got a great chance I believe that that dating teenagers was fine a long time ago but right now it's not <laughs> now's not the time he'll just reappropriate the like the uh, Republican talking point after um you know episodes of large gun violence where it's like right now it's not the time to talk about that he'll be like right now is not the time to talk about dating teenagers I'm in my <laughs> 60s. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be doing it. Maybe forty years ago, I should have been talking about dating teenagers. Now's not the time. So, all right, I want to get your thoughts really quick on um on what what it means, what what, what you were thinking as that result came in last night, and um you know, and then what we're gonna do is kind of zoom out a little and, and uh, take a look at the what the the Senate with that um with that body, uh, with that chain, with that body, uh, with that chamber. <laughs> Hey, girl, you got that body. Um, body. What it means, uh, you know, sort of writ large for, for the Senate. But anyway, Doug Jones, you got to learn his name last night uh, after not knowing who the hell he was. He is actually the star of
1: such Guillermo del Toro movies as The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, and <laughs> also all of, uh, Hellboy. In all of his other movies, really, he's
0: been in everything. Uh, I've heard this joke. I've heard stuff. this joke though. I've heard, I know this one. I, the, he's what's his name? He's the guy who played Hellboy, right? He looks like yeah. um, not not Hellboy. He, he plays all
1: the skinny weird monsters. He, he's <laughs> he's the Pan's Labyrinth guy with the eyes on his on his hands.
0: You know. <laughs> I mean, did you anticipate that the the Democrats would take this seat, or were like me, you anticipating that they were? Just that, like the, the, this was going to be another one where it's like, oh, they came within three points, and great, great job, like you tried. Right. I I did think that uh, uh, Roy Moore was going to win
1: because it's you know that's the world we live in right now, and you know nobody really cares. Unless you're an entertainer, <laughs> about uh, you well, know. Well, I mean, those people misconduct. have real
0: responsibilities. Like you, you, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about it when it comes to politicians. I what guess did you, Anthony Weiner? <laughs> what, what do you think? I've heard. I've heard some people tell me just in the twelve hours since this became official um, that the uh, more than one person have have told me has told me that um, that Franken resigning had some kind of effect like that it was that it gave permission or moral authority or higher you know higher moral standing uh to you know i don't know i don't understand how that would trickle down to an alabama voter though like how they right, would be like exactly. oh well al franken resigned so that means the democrats are good so never mind i'm not going to vote today or in the extreme i'm going to change my vote today i don't think with how close it was that anything had any
1: you know, specific effect except for, oh, people knew that the race was between this Democrat and this accused child molester. <laughs> you know? That's the
0: that's the biggest thing I think is just the the biggest triumph is a triumph almost in fucking branding, which is so disgusting yeah. to say. <laughs> but honestly, that anybody in Alabama got elected with, uh, irrespective of their actual politics, and I think not a lot of people know what what Doug Jones's politics are, right. um, But they're not very progressive. Shocking. He's a, a basically in most eras and in most um, and in most other states, he'd be considered a Republican. He is a pretty conservative guy. Um, you know, he's not what you, what you would consider to be left at all. Well, so I sh- just I the should, fact that I, he I had sh- that G sh- sh- on his name and one
1: right. is impressive. Well, I should I should break in and just say, uh, according to Donald Trump, uh, he is straight up pro-abortion. So, yeah, it's like
0: that that's pretty progressive. I mean. you're you're forced to have an abortion in Donald, in Doug, Doug Jones's America Every,
1: all women, all men, all yeah, children, everyone is forced to have an abortion.
0: But that would actually that would be like the wokest thing of all if you forced everyone to have an abortion so that they had to understand and feel what it felt like to go through that, then think... well we'd be much better off as a uh, world, I
1: think. So with what happened last night, What does that mean, you know, for overall for
0: the Senate and for what's going to happen going into next year? Um, Well, it it means a lot. It puts uh, the Democrats at um, right now a 52 to 48, uh, 52 to 46 margin with two independents who generally um, caucus with the the Democrats. So, uh, again, the tiebreaker always goes to uh, to the vice president and who in this case is Mike Pence. So think of it like 53 to 48. Like that's the, the margin right now If for anything, not necessarily to get passed, but for things that are horrible to be blocked and for legislation to be able to be effectively uh, stymied so that it doesn't affect people's lives. Um, in 2018, we're looking at 33 Senate seats. 23 of them are Democrats. Two uh, again are those independents who caucus with the Democrats, and eight Republicans are up. So, uh, of the 100 seats, um, the tiebreaker goes to Mike Pence. Most crucial for the Democrats' hopes, and I said this last night, uh, is number one, you right in your backyard, uh, Jackie Rosen, your aunt, mm-hmm. who's running yeah. for who's <laughs> running for Senate. Uh, just to be My clear, auntie. he's your auntie. <laughs> Just to be clear, she's, there's, no release, there's no relation. Jewish Dave is not no. related to Jackie Rosen, as far as he knows. He might be. I don't know. You can't. Yeah, you I, can't I know, know like that for sure. If we go all the way back to Poland, the old country, <laughs> I'm sure that you guys, you know, shared. Um, I know
1: like six living family members. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, she's going up against a perennially milk toast, ineffective, uh, the nobody of the Senate, Dean Heller, who is one of those who is the, the actual living embodiment of the of the, the the phrase when you try to be all things to all people you end up being nothing to anyone he's <laughs> just right. like completely ineffective worthless legislator a republican and and not even like an interesting or fun republican that like wants to do the over-the-top fun crazy insane shit but that that, <laughs> that we can even make fun of on the podcast just one of those people who basically is like uh I'm for this piece of legislation, except for the parts of me that are not and that's it <laughs> um what do you know about uh what do you know about Jackie Rosen being out there in, in in Las Vegas?
1: I know the progressives aren't exactly uh excited about her um I know she doesn't support uh universal health care, but I mean yeah she's the option <laughs>
0: against uh you know, the exciting guy you just described. The most crucial for the Democrats hopes. uh, Number one amongst those, those races are uh, Dean Heller versus Jackie Rosen in Nevada. Again, she's not much of a progressive candidate, but this chamber of our government is so calcified and so uh, like sedentary. It's really hard to push progressive agenda through these bigger national elections. It's like trying to get a progressive, Governor, it's it's really difficult. Um, she's not great. Uh, she's again not for universal, as you said, universal um, health care or education for everybody. Um, yeah, and also Jeff Flyke is retiring in Arizona, right? Arizona is the other um uh, area of focus for Democrats. Um, it's basically a, a progressive wasteland, but. One of the uh, candidates coming up out of there is Kirsten Cinema, who has a really interesting story. She was like kind of raised um, on the road in a really kind of uh, uh, like impoverished background. Uh, she she was raised at least part of her teenage years were spent in an ab- abandoned gas station. She's the Ooh. first openly bisexual member of of, um, of the Senate, uh, and you would think that that might translate into a more left-leaning persona but again this is another person who's like a across the aisle um centrist uh, type of type of candidate going up mm-hmm. against a far right Steve Bannon backed maniac named Kelly Ward who is uh pro- not necessarily the GOP pick but is going to be the like the right wing pick um this is one of those this is one of those races where i feel like we're overlearning the lessons of populism like we're overcorrecting to the result of 2016 with trump I, to 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 have a center versus far right race in arizona i think is a mistake i think that it should it should be um a, a little bit further to the left i think that there are people in there's a heavy constituency in arizona that would respond to somebody to even even just take that candidate, Kirsten Cinema, and just she could just be a little more progressive in her thoughts and in her in her positions. Like that, that would be fine. She's a great candidate. She could be the right the right one. It's just uh, it's it's gonna be so milquetoast to hear her talk about reaching across the aisle and and uh, working with the with Republicans and and shit like that. Um, well,
1: this is this is what lost it for us last year right i mean the democrats just playing it safe with these mm-hmm.
0: you know centrist nothing candidates right up most to the, the yep yeah, most of the um most of the polls have cinema ahead um with a lot of undecided votes oh predictive insights has her 46 to 43 if she went up against uh kelly ward the bannon pick uh kelly ward who's like a populist lunatic who wants to build a wall, who wants to repeal Obamacare. She tried to outlaw law enforcement, she tried to outlaw enforcement of um, federal gun laws. Uh, Robert Mercer, Trump's benefactor gave her $300,000 recently. So she's very far right. Um, high ground public affairs has cinema ahead of her 34 to 27. But like that's with a solid 40% of people undecided. So um, Jeff DeWitt was like going to be, the, uh, he's a state treasurer down there, and he was going to be the GOP centrist counterbalance pick, but um, he got uh, appointed to a, a position with NASA, so he he left. Um, Martha McSally also was another candidate who seems to do pretty well against Sinema in, in this polling. Again, I'm I'm talking a lot about this race along with the one in Nevada because like these are the two places where we said that math before, right? Fifty uh fifty two to 46 plus two, so 52 to 48, uh, these are two that they could pick up, that Democrats could pick up and be able to at least get some of the way to blocking the worst of the worst legislation that's out there. Um, And the one that I'm most excited about and that that nobody is talking about that much, except for these like real political insider um, uh, uh, circles, is Tennessee. Uh, in Tennessee Bob corker's retiring so Bob corker destroyed his last opponent he in 2012 he went up against somebody who I think I think he went up against a railroad sign and he beat it um he beat the railroad sign 64 to 30. and uh <laughs> and so it's Tennessee right but that's the prevailing wisdom you would say up until last night you would say the same thing it's Alabama right um right. Tennessee is not redder than Alabama Tennessee has cities that are generally somewhat liberal and and, and left-leaning, uh, more so than Alabama does. Um, so what I did was I looked at the last time that Jeff Sessions, who was the, uh, the, the, the person that, that was being replaced in the special election, um, w- the last time he actually had an opponent, Vivian Davis figures in um, 2008 – he beat her by a real similar number, sixty-three to thirty-six percent, um, and then he won ninety-eight percent of the vote in two thousand um, in two thousand twelve. I'm sorry, in two thousand fourteen, because he um, like nobody nobody ran against him, right? So Jeff Sessions had a stranglehold similar to Bob Corker, the way he has a stranglehold on Tennessee. Jeff Sessions had the similar strangle stranglehold in Alabama. Um, what happened now is just in the last week. The former governor of Tennessee, again another guy who's basically just a, a Republican, but is but wears a Democrat's clothes, but still he's a Democrat. Uh, former governor Phil Bredesen is is um, now the DNC's pick, the Democrat back pick, a Southern-style Democrat who is uh, who who has declared himself and is going to um, run against Marsha Marsha Blackburn, uh, who's a member of Congress, who's um, right now the favorite. I mean, she's the favorite in Tennessee because. He's a Republican. Uh, Phil Bredesen hasn't been in office since 2010, so he's been out of the game a long time. He's an older guy, but still has a lot of name recognition. And the Cook Political Report just recently, just in the last four days, uh, changed this from a pretty safe um, lock for Republicans to a toss-up. That changes a lot of things because 51 to 50 in the Senate is the same thing with the modern climate and with the way that they've changed the rules in that in that house uh it's the same thing as 99 to 1. it doesn't matter if you're losing by one you're losing by one and it doesn't matter but this third seat could make literally all the difference so and people aren't really thinking about it yet nobody is saying that democrats have a chance in Tennessee, which is the way that Democrats always think they always write off half the country off the top. We don't have a chance there. So, all right, look, so while there are shots in Arizona, in Nevada, Arizona, um, there's an Alabama style long shot in Tennessee. They are, there are also these huge vulnerabilities across the map. There are just way more opportunities for Republicans. It so happens that they're swimming against the Trump, uh, They're, They're They've got low approval, dumb shit bad optics that they have to deal with um 33 races real in quick orange
1: tide would be the good name of uh, david rosen song, i think
0: jot that down okay <laughs> got it all right go all right so there's 33 races in 2018 like i said but a lot of them don't matter they're super safe roger wicker from mississippi is safe um these are republicans uh roger wicker from mississippi is safe deb fisher from nebraska is safe orrin hatch in utah is safe John Barrasso from Wyoming is safe. It would be great if Beto O'Rourke would actually give a, a good challenge to Ted Cruz, but that's probably a safe district. Uh, I'm sorry. That's probably a safe uh, seat for the Republicans because Dallas and every like non-urban part of Texas is just garbage and a fucking wasteland of morality and worthless people. So they're just going to vote for Ted Cruz. All those people are safe. Uh, on the Democrat side, the safe folks this time around are going to be Dianne Feinstein in California. Chris Murphy in Connecticut, Tom Carpenter in Delaware, Maisie Hirono in uh, Hawaii, Ben Cardin in Maryland, Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts, Debbie Stabenow in Michigan, Amy Klobuchar in um, in Minnesota, Martin Henrick in Minnesota, Chris, Kirsten Gillibrand in New York, Sheldon Whitehouse in Rhode Island, Bernie in Vermont, he's, he's fine, Tim Kaine in Virginia, he should be fine, and Maria Cantwell in Washington, right? So that's all the safes. 14 Democrats are safe. Arizona, Nevada, Tennessee, I think are in play for Democrats to make some gains. That's the good news. But here's the bad news. And I don't think enough people are talking about this. And the fact is that 2018 um, Senate races, the Democrats are way more vulnerable in these races, way more. In the current moment, the Zeitgeist, Mueller, Me Too, Trump flailing Alabama, it's all working in the favor in, in the Democrats' favor right now. And all those things are probably like to one degree or another kind of fleeting. And there's no way for us to know where all those conversations are going to be in 11 months when the actual elections happen. Um, So Democrats, with that little bit of light that they have, they also have to play defense all over the map. In Florida, uh, here where I live, Bill Nelson, who's basically like a mannequin that's been trained to put his arm around people after their parents die or after their families die. Um, or anybody who's been through a tragedy, like Bill Nelson shows up at their house and they just position him to put his arm around them. He's probably going to lose to Rick Scott, our governor, who's an actual real life vampire, um, who's about to term out of the governorship. So the bad news is that our next senator is a Trump loving healthcare fraudster. And the worst news is that he's already been running our state for nine years anyway. So fuck it. I mean, like, who cares? Joe Donnelly in Indiana, um, He's a Republican. Another one that just he's he he just has a D, a D next to his name, but he's a Republican. He's probably going to lose to like some Wendy's franchisee owner, or like some cells <laughs> some cells that they scraped off of Donald Trump's third chin. Uh, Indiana went for Trump by nine points. Uh, Donnelly he has a D next to his name, so he's fucked. Um, the Cook Rothenborg, and Sabato reports. I'll call the, the Indiana race a toss up. Indiana is hell. Joe Donnelly's fucked. Um, Angus King is an independent from Maine. He mostly caucuses with Democrats, kind of like Bernie. Um, uh, the reports don't really call it safe. He's probably okay, but he's technically vulnerable. In Minnesota, they had a lock with Al Franken, um, but at some point he's going to step down. The lieutenant governor of Minnesota is Tina Smith. She's probably going to be the one who gets a, uh, gets appointed in the midterm. I think they announced in, it this morning, didn't they? Oh, did they? Okay, good. So, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, but who knows who shows up for her primary or who comes at her from the right? And Minnesota is unsettled. Um, not as settled as it was six weeks ago. Missouri went to Trump by nine. Democrats and black people are still illegal in Missouri. Most people don't know that. Um, and uh, Claire McCaskill, the democratic senator there is is truly fucked there um john tester in montana is probably going to be okay but he is vulnerable um he has an opponent who's been funded by citizen united uh his phone his opponent is also backed by ted cruz and mike lee bob menendez uh, from new jersey might actually be more vulnerable more vulnerable in a primary um the past six years have been tough with him uh He's got what looks like this really strong primary challenger, a young guy named Michael Starr Hopkins, sort of an inside baseball, inside beltway Obama guy. Um, he's one of these candidates who's like straight out of central casting. He like looks the part and has all the right points on his resume. Still a young guy. Um, see Menendez is toxic. So the the party is kind of sidestepping away from him. Who knows what it could mean? This is a pretty safe democratic spot, New Jersey. But it's in flux. This is a state that elected that elected uh, Chris Christie twice. Um, there's susceptibility there. Heidi Heitkamp in, in North Dakota is probably fucked. She's basically a Republican. Um, but she doesn't get the benefit of the Republican branding because, again, she's one of the Republicans that calls herself a Democrat. Sherrod Brown in Ohio, a progressive guy. Um, but he's in Ohio. Only won in uh, He won in 2012 with 51% last year Ohio went for Trump of course all three reports have his seat leaning but not safe Um, Bob Casey part of the Democratic machinery in Pennsylvania so he's probably going to be okay but again he's in a state that ended up going for Trump Joe Manchin uh, (laughs) Joe Manchin would be right of Newt Gingrich if this was 1997 but it's 2017 so he's a Democrat somehow Um, could be going down in, in flames in West Virginia he's pretty popular there but like West Virginia went for Trump by like 20 points. That's going to be a tough one. And he doesn't even really vote with Democrats enough to be considered a Democrat anyway. He just calls himself, again, another person who just calls himself a Democrat in the Senate. Uh, Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin, she barely eked out half the vote when she won in 2012. And Wisconsin went for Trump. Um, Cook has her likely. The Rothenberg Report has her as a tilt Uh, Sabato has her leaning Not a toss up yet But a lot can happen So those are the people That are in trouble Um, The Senate again Is this chamber of government That is like the least open To the progressive voices And candidates It's always a race To the center And to the center right Because somehow People got it hammered In their heads That that is what Our country is A center right country I do see a pattern though The pattern is that Names like Sanders Warren up until six weeks ago, Al Franken, Gillibrand, um, Hirono and in Tech in, in, uh, in Hawaii, all these Democrats who are firmly progressive and have firm progressive bona fides uh, for for the Senate, of course, that is you know you have to caveat it by saying that. but all of those progressives, guess what? They're all on pretty fucking solid ground. The, the Democrats who are the ones who are trying to ride the rails, the ones who are trying to like stay there in the center, who try to reach across the aisle, uh, make peace with a party that wants to like start a war in North Korea and start a war in Iran, the, the Democrats who want to make peace with the party that wants a trade war with China, the Democrats who who don't think who, who 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 want to team up with their Republican colleagues who think that minorities should not have equal access to voting, who think healthcare only works if it's expensive or if it's privatized, want to privatize social security want to funnel public education dollars to like these shit factory charter schools. They want to transfer $2 trillion from the poor to the rich, all the Democrats who want to work with Republicans who mostly at their core with that part are like are at their core aligned with that party with a few issues like abortion and I don't know, gun laws uh, shocking. They're the ones who are probably going to lose um, with the exception of again, Sherrod Brown. So it's sort of a reverse fishhook theory modified horseshoe theory where like everybody who they usually say like oh all the people who are in the who 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 are in the far far right if you follow through their logic they're really in the center uh, it, it's kind of the same way it's like all the people who would normally be voting who, who appeal to the candidates that are more extreme then these centrist candidates would probably respond pretty well to an extreme person on the left side too because of the extremity, the the extreme nature of what it is that they're proposing. That's what they want. They want something that's a change as opposed to status quo. So, I mean, unless you're reading the Cook Political Report every day or if you're reading like Matt Iglesias every day um, or unless you're listening to like Chapo Trap House or some shit, you probably... Don't have all that that context or that insight. All you know is what you know, and all you know is your what you bring to the table is your like existing biases towards one party or the other. Um, but the proof is in the pudding, man. Everybody who's 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 progressive is on pretty solid ground. Everybody who tries to who's basically a Republican running as a Democrat is is, is pretty fucked. So, Jackie Rosen, I guess, is that what we're doing now? I guess so. <laughs>
1: what else is there
0: <laughs> you should run and confuse everything change your name to oh Jewish Dave Rosen so you could be like Jay Rosen on the ballot and then people would, would get confused And
1: but then I'd have no time for your podcast
0: <laughs> I would still force you you don't have time for the podcast anyway you're like every fucking 10 seconds I gotta go I really have to have doctor I don't my get to shower today my, my-
1: things hurt <laughs> This is my shower time. Just you know.
0: How long can a shower take you? And what's wrong with showing up late? Wait, to wait, me wait, back? wait, wait, wait. How long could a shower take
1: me? You know how hairy I am. It takes like fifteen <laughs> minutes
0: to dry off alone. It's like a That's without Hammett. doing anything. Have you ever, have you ever thought about building like a um a threshold in your door? That has like uh, just like building into it a bunch of hair dryers, so you walk through it. And it's like the the last part of a um the last part of a of a car wash that's like blows you dry. I thought you were gonna say coming in from outer space in the
1: airlock. <laughs> yeah, that would be good for you too. Hey,
0: this is Q. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing this podcast right now. Recommend us to your friends. Secrets by David Rosen is in the iTunes store. You can find it there. I'll be at the Social Shakeup Show in Atlanta, May 7th through 9th. So go to socialshakeupshow.com and register. And don't forget, above all, our uh, live show coming January 12th, Friday, January 12th, Rebar las vegas first live show the bird road podcast details to come